Hey there, and welcome back to Aquarian Times. This is Julia, and today is April 27th, 2022, and this is episode 88. So today I have some special guests on the show, and um, to introduce uh, a book, um, this is a book release interview for the book Entering the Mind, which is written by Sivan Hassett. And he is joined today on the interview with his wife, Rachel, Rachel Reed Wilkie. And uh, we have a lovely conversation about um, this work that they have put together and their lifestyle of practicing. Um, they have a practice um, rooted in Dzogchen, which is a Tibetan uh, tantric uh, practice, a very ancient um, um, practice of meditation. And um, so Sivan had encountered this um, several decades ago and um, has studied and um, practiced with practi- uh, with teachers um, in different, um, different teachers uh, in this tradition. And so I'm just going to read uh, their bios real fast here. Um, Sivan Hassett is a writer editor and the co-publisher of Riot Material Magazine. He is a one-time professor of literature and a decades-long practitioner of Dzogchen, a radical if not revolutionary wisdom practice which points to the practitioner directly towards the recognition of their own mind in its natural state. There but to awaken. Hassett's principal teachers have been a confluence of writers, philosophers, transcendent thinkers, and wisdom seekers whose boundary-obliterating ideas arrive time and again as hallowed transmissions through the written word. Since the early 1990s, Hassett has received instruction from eminent Dzogchen masters um, and has changed the lives and locked the minds of hundreds of thousands of men and women around the world. Hassett's new book, Entering the Mind, is a richly poetic and deeply insightful exploration of that transformative wisdom practice, Dzogchen. And his wife, Rachel Reed Wilkie, is an esteemed 20-year career in fashion, culminating in directing Calvin Klein's global design concept team from New York City. Her direction allowed the brand to articulate through style the cultural zeitgeist of the day and its influence on the way today's youth relates to their identity. In her last season at Calvin Klein, Wilkie designed and developed the iconic Catwalk Denim Collection for the renowned and newly appointed creative director, Raph Simons. Rachel went on to take the helm at Seven for All Mankind in Los Angeles, becoming the brand's first woman creative director. Born in England, she began her career working for renowned fashion houses in Italy. Rachel's expertise was called upon to design bespoke tailoring and custom leather jackets for such influential individuals as Chloe Savini, Zendaya, Justin Timberlake, Iggy Pop, Tom Thork, York, excuse me, Jay-Z, amongst numerous others. Rachel has since left fashion to pursue a life led by consciousness, earth awareness, and a full commitment to the arts. Returning to poetry, an integral part of her creative life since early womanhood, her recently released spoken album, song album, excuse me, XI, is a collection of poetry put to song and illustrated through film, is reflective of her ever-evolving 
journey towards self-realization. Rachel is also dedicated to the highly creative process of navigating her own mind through meditation and movement, and these through the practice of Dzogchen and Vinyasa Yoga. She works with her husband and partner, Sivan Hassett, to introduce the world to Dzogchen, the revolutionary wisdom practice, which points the practitioner directly towards the recognition of their own mind in its natural state. So a little bit about the book here. I'll read the little introduction as well. So there's a place beyond even simple meditation, a place where you become aware of your awareness, where you become your awareness, where you are immersed in it, where you rest in it, where you experience the totality of space, freedom and oneness with infinity, where your ego, your I-ness, your labels or your addictions just disappear. You transcend all else to just be the awareness. This is your mind in its natural state. In entering the mind, a poetic, illuminating and deep diving volume of intense higher consciousness, Sivan Hassett shows, uh, shows you how to access it and why you must if your purpose is to seek more than what the conceptual mind offers, the transactional, the material, the emotional. In fact, in his book, Hassett lays open the deepest secrets taught in the Tibetan wisdom tradition of Dzogchen, considered the highest wisdom practice known to man. No need to go live in a cave in India or become a lifetime guru, follow of a guru, guru. Hassett hands you the key to this beckoning doorway with age-old meditation practices that take you straight into the mind in its natural state, the state of pure consciousness. And what will you find there? Not a nothingness. Rather, what you experience firsthand is an emptiness an incredible spaciousness, and therein lies your freedom. With remarkable clarity and beautiful prose, Hassett enables you to travel the inner path to this place of non-duality, using the practices that have freed him from what most people still experience daily, depression, fear, anxiety, aggression, anger, worry, and more. Says Hassett, in seeing our mind in its natural state, we are literally in witness of our own luminous path to liberation. This with one subtle, though skillful shift in perspective. A writer, editor, and publisher of Riot Material Magazine, Sivan Hassett is a decades-long practitioner of Dzogchen, an ancient wisdom practice, which points the individual towards the recognition of their own mind, the path to full awakening. He and his wife, Rachel Reed Wilkie, is also, who is also a skilled practitioner, are committed to bringing Zochen to the wider world as a way to open the wellspring of love, joy, compassion, ease, and peace for all of humankind. Hassett maintains that once you've stepped over the threshold to experience this awakened state, it is easier and easier to attain it. And there's no going back. Being bogged down by the conceptual mind pales in comparison and holds no attraction. Entering the mind is a guidebook, but it is also a lyrical call to seek that which we are to know, the us beyond the physical plane. And we mentioned this at the end, but uh, Sivan's has uh, its book, which we discussed in our interview, Entering the Mind, is available on Amazon um, 
for $12.95 or on their website, enteringthemind.com. So um, I encourage you to check out the book. Uh, you can go to Amazon and find it. Um, and uh, also to enjoy our interview, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. It was really lovely to meet these two and very inspiring um, couple and, uh, you know, working towards, again, their own peace and um, spreading that peace uh, to as many people as possible through through this book and through their work and through their art. So I really hope you enjoy um, this episode today and thank you so much for tuning in. Hey. Yeah, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna accept it. Hang on. Oh sure. Go for it. There we go. Okay. So um I just want you guys to know that I read your bios. I'm reading your bios in a separate little intro so you don't have to sit through it. (laughs) (laughs) Um and so we'll just kind of get right right to it, right into your interview. And um I just I kind of wanted to um again, my my name is Julia. We'll Julia. Yeah. Hi. And Sivan and Sivan, Rachel. And Rachel. And Rachel, yes. So we've already discussed who you are. Great. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, briefly say how this came to be that your publisher reached out to me, um, Conscious Media Relations, about your uh, book, you know, um, release. And um, so I don't know a lot about. Um, your projects, except that I've looked into your website and um, seen your Instagram and stuff like that. So it's really, I would love for you to just tell me about your, what this book is that you've written. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. First of all, it was Rachel who um, who Mm -hmm. reached out to our publisher to contact you. She, I think you saw. Yes. Because I think I had seen you, um, you were invited, I believe, um, onto Washela's. Is it Washela Sananda? And I know, I know the name. Yes, yeah. and I believe somehow I got your name oh. through her, or maybe one of the summits that she was doing. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Okay. Anyway, I did a little research on you, and I looked into what you were doing, and I thought, <laughs> "Wow, you sound really interesting." <laughs> so I actually handed your okay. information on to a publicist so she could cool. reach out to you. Yeah. Oh well, that's that's nice to hear. I didn't I didn't know the origins of this. If it was like a random matching, or who knows how these things come to be. Yeah, yeah, it's of funny course. how the world, the universe, okay. just points people in the right direction. That's right. Yeah. Well, we do. I mean, there's a lot of similarities. I I just wanted to say also up front that I have a background in um, Buddhism. Um, yes. you know, uh, yes, a, please tell us about that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, I lived in a Zen center for three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I grew up, um, in Woodacre where spirit rock is. Yeah. Oh, you know, yes. Spirit rock meditation center. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, um, I was familiar with Dzogchen, um, through hanging out spirit rock and through being at, um, you know, with Roshi Joan Halifax, you know, but, um, we're talking, Vipassana and Zen, uh, yeah. those uh-huh. yeah. both of those places, yeah. you know. Yes. And so um, I have not a lot of um, exposure to the Tibetan lineage mm-hmm. as much. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it always felt like it was, I mean, everybody always talked about it like it was this um, sort of high esoteric practice that, of course, I was in my 20s, you know, yes. at those times. And I was just like, 
what, what, you know, what is this stuff, you know, right. but, um, I, well, yeah, was drawn to it. Well, so, um, Zen and Vipassana are, are like right pointing you right towards Dzogchen, you know, that basically it takes you right up to the point where Dzogchen picks up. Okay. So it's is, like a prerequisite. Well, it's, not, it's not a prerequisite. It's this, uh, you know, it's Dzogchen is just one of those, uh, traditions that takes you all the way. And it was yeah. and so. What in Zen? You're kind of looking at this 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 amazing, spacious, still place, mm -hmm. and you spend time there. And same with the Vipassana, you're looking at your own internal world, and you're looking at your experiences. Dzogchen is points out what you're seeing, and mm -hmm. maybe nobody's telling you, and really nobody does tell you that this is your own mind in its natural state. Yeah. This is the this is the awakened state that we're always seeking. And Dzogchen is saying, this is it, points you to it, and now rest there and get to know it. So it's really, it's just that one little bit further that Dzogchen takes you. And mm. that's where all the magic takes place. That's mm. where you and your practice really bind into this unified, intimate whole. Mm. That is fascinating. And it makes a lot of sense. Um, again, we can talk practitioner to practitioner, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. you know, because yeah, I mean, it makes sense, um, a little bit. I mean, the Zen tradition is very worldly based, you know, yeah. it's like Samu is, is the deal. Like Samu's translates as work practice. So it's all about being in the world and integrating in the world and yeah. being here. And, um, and so obviously there's a lot more than this world, <laughs> yes. right? So it sounds like, so is it? Do, ha, tell yeah, me how we say it. it. You got it. Zochen. Yeah. Zochen. Yeah. Zochen. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it. I've heard it many times, but <laughs> it's kind of an. Odd. Well, it's, it's one of those words that will always trip you up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. I guess that's part of the, the koan, or I guess we're not yeah. talking. Yeah. But that's that's the beginning of the practice, right? Is just being able to say. Just learn, <laughs> learn the damn yes. words. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right. What is your reaction to having to say this word? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Rachel, Rachel and I did our three-part podcast. We the book got published, and we were like, "Let's do a three-part podcast mm -hmm. and just yeah. speak to the deeper concepts." Yes. And even me, you know, I've been saying this word for thirty years. Yeah. Like the first time it came out of my mouth, it was like a total fumble. <laughs> and then I picked up and I started fumbling it. So we had this, we had a bit of audio editing to do at that bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Of course, it makes us all feel less stupid when, when, yeah, when, yeah. Yeah. when, yes. <laughs> when even the teachers can't pronounce. Oh, yeah, exactly. yes. yeah. Well, I like it what you said. Uh, we could speak practitioner to practitioner because mm -hmm. yeah. I do feel that's I, I that's my position in this world. I am a pra practitioner and Rachel's a practitioner. Yeah. And I love those conversations mm -hmm. with fellow practitioners about, yeah. you know, the what are we doing in there? What, you know, how are we tweaking and what are we what are we seeing? And that's where the conversation really gets exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, wow. So I do have I do have some questions that you know. Of course, I kind of came up with, and I'll you know we'll we'll go weave in and out of those. I guess. Yeah. Um, yes. If that's right. okay. Yeah. And is it okay that if I asked you some questions about how this came, how you came sure. to these practices? Okay. Any, yes. Anything you want to ask, yes. we're wide open. Okay. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> great. Great. Thank you. Um, thank you for being so open. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so um, let's see. Uh, I just uh, let's see. Um, I actually wanted to know because I because you know you have a public persona as artists, right? 
yes artists and um i wanted to know kind of what you call yourself or what genre you consider your your art to be part of um, well i'm i'm trying not to give myself any label these days yeah <laughs> um <laughs> maybe we're all on that journey right now <laughs> of trying to sort of let let go of the identity and the label um but i do i i write poetry and yeah. I've, I've been writing poetry for many many years and um it's these last couple of years it's been an incredible journey for me personally because i got together with my music partner and we um yeah. we created um a spoken word album mm -hmm. and um uh, thank yeah. you <laughs> mm -hmm. and it was it was such a beautiful way to um not only express myself but also collaborate with my music partner who is a genius in, in and of it as himself um yeah. and we came together and we put this album together it's called xi and um and it, and it speaks to the idea of letting go of the identity and um the transformation of self as you let go of the ego and walk the path of um the higher search as it were for the deeper self yeah um so that's that's what that's my artistic expression currently um and i know chris as well as many things is an incredible writer well, i've been a writer for many years an art critic literature critic kind of an academic um, mm -hmm. but also a poet i uh, my first book is a book mm -hmm. of poetry it's actually yeah. an narrative poem okay um i painted um so but as an artist I, I feel like as an artist i'm not really in artistic mode at the moment somehow sure. i'm more i'm more in edit editor mode with the magazine yeah, sure. and mm -hmm. and then yeah. practice this this practice right mm -hmm. now is kind of consuming my thinking process it, it does that in waves it comes in waves and you know you're you're deep deep in for a year or so and then you you kind of leave it and you move into the world and you kind of let the practice speak mm. on its own and then you re-get back in and recalibrate so it's a, it's a beautiful practice in that way so in that way it's very artistic as well it, it, there is a creative element to it okay yes um, I, I think artists is such a broad term, right? We can like put yeah. writers in there. I even think of like myself as a yogi. I think yogis are artists. I think yes. so too. Very Especially much. if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, I mean, you have to be very creative yeah. <laughs> with yes. how you know, present that as an art, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that is so true. Yeah. Actually, we, we, um, we've often said that, um, art, well, the, the creative process that an artist goes through is, is almost a meditative state that they find themselves in yeah and the and the 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 yogi and the meditator they mm -hmm. also are in a creative space as they're meditating and so yeah. i think the the role of the artist and the role of the meditator might seem different but the yeah. the way that they connect with that sort of meditative creative um trans transmission as it were yeah. is is very similar in many ways yeah, yeah. i agree right because you're tapping in, I think know. the artist, the artist yes. is really the ones who looking, looking at the rules of the game, mm. sees what they are, sees the boundaries, and then <clears> chooses <throat> to step outside of all of it. Mm. And so whatever, wherever you are, I mean, scientists in many ways are artists, you know, these, these mm. guys, you're just like, you know, some of the greatest scientists are the ones who are the most rejected in the moment, and, you know, vilified. But mm -hmm. years later, they're seen as like the one of the greatest minds of that century, because they chose right. to step outside of the you know, the rules, the confines. And I think, of, you know, yeah. that's art. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like channeling something beyond us, right? Like totally. Exactly. Totally. Squared, like 
that's not a very human thing to, to say. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I think the highest form of humanity is to allow yourself to go vertical rather than horizontal. Horizontal. Hundred percent. If 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 more people understood that, gosh, we would have a lot less more in conflict. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, we could all be striving for that vertical direction together. Because yeah. nothing, none of us would be coming in each other's <laughs> way. We would all be going upwards and we would all be unifying that that direction together. And we would just be sort of shooting upwards and raising our consciousness all together. Hmm. Um, that's that's the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, I guess so. I'm curious, you know, how how your practice obviously helps you guys get there, um, you know? Cause I mean, what I'm kind of thinking as you're saying that is like, well, that's a great idea. I mean, most of us would love that, but how many people know how to even do that, right? How many people know like how to yeah. pull in the cords and, you know, release the attachments and, you know, start sending right. the energy, you know, um, right. right? Well, you know, you know what, yes. Zog, Zog Chen is actually the very practice that allows us to do it and it doesn't do, you're not training to ascend, you're training to stabilize in your own awakened aware state. And that allows ascension to happen all of its own. Sure. Um, so mm -hmm. you're not you're not trying, you're not aiming for this idea of enlightenment or this, I'm I want to be a higher individual or move into the next dimension. You're aiming to like as like a yoga practitioner to yeah. stabilize, to get in your mind and observe it and watch the thoughts take you away and then bring it back and then say to yourself. Meanwhile, you're recognizing that this is your own mind in its natural state. This is the mind that is eternal, goes on forever and ever and ever. It's beyond time. Mm -hmm. And you're learning to be there. And once you're in there and, 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 and becoming familiar with it, the space begins to open. And that allows for all kinds of ascension and all kinds of wisdom to arise within you. Mm -hmm. It's like the fluids of the universe of of, of awareness of all sentience comes in into you in the, mm. in, in practicing Zogchen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that distinction again. Um, you know, P to P over here. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I know sometimes these conversations can be hard to follow. You know, if yes. you don't have reference points, right? But we'll yes. we'll just we'll have the conversation and and see you know what it how it can translate to anybody listening. You know, yes. who's on that path and trying to connect dots. Not that I'm you know, I don't know. I, I just do. I definitely have a, um, a lot of experience with, with, yeah. um, working with states of consciousness myself. And, um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, oh yes. So again, just totally misconception on the path, right. Is, is even what that means to have a spiritual practice and what we're even aspiring to, um, because I think that's where it can get a little wonky, say, sometimes even in communities um, where there's not, there's, I mean, because obviously in different traditions, there's different ideas of what that means to, um, you know, some people want to ascend and go off planet, and that's their version of being enlightened or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, yeah, I, I really appreciate the you know, it's almost like a, like a tantric idea, right. Of yeah. right. the embodiment of living in this particular life, in this particular body with this, these surroundings, with these yes. sounds happening outside, you know, yes. integrating. So, Zogchen is the Very highest much. tantra. It, you know, uh, the tantric tradition in Buddhism 
is is yeah. very it, it's 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 got many layers to it mm -hmm. um and zogchen is the peak of the tantric tradition rather as opposed to the sutra tradition okay so so, so yes. it's considered a tantric um it is then. it is okay okay and i'm curious do you just out of my own curiosity because i don't actually know does tantra um where does that word originate? Is that a Hindu word? I mean, it's a Sanskrit word, but yeah. now I'm thinking Dzogchen. What language is Dzogchen? And I don't mean to get too technical if you don't know. Dzogchen, um, honestly, I, it could even be Sanskrit um, okay. because it goes, it goes back pre-Tibetan. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, it was yeah. brought into Tibet um, from, India. from India, I believe. And it was, it's been practiced you know, for centuries. Yeah, so, but I, I actually don't know exactly where the word Dzogchen comes from. Okay. The, the other word that goes with it is Ati Yoga, Ati Yoga, which means the highest yoga. Um, and then, of course, the great perfection, which could just be. I think, yeah, Dzogchen translates literally to meaning the great perfection. Right. Okay. When I think about the word and the, the way it's spelled, it's very Tibetan. I mean, I, it doesn't yes. sound Sanskrit. No, you're so, right. You're right. It could so, have a pre- but the, word perhaps arti yoga is the sanskrit word not sure what is not tell, sure. tell me that word i'm not familiar with that word arti yoga so it's ati ati okay ati yeah. yoga yes okay. arti yoga i haven't heard that cool <laughs> well it's 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 lovely that you like atman heard of... sorry like atman like is it is it related to the word atman it like, could be I'm it could be sure. um is atman Maybe. the highest because i think ati mm. is the highest or peak. okay atman is the self is considered the ah, self. right ah, yeah okay yeah so, so it's connected etymologically to i don't know those words sound it could be, be. <laughs> okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. i find these things interesting these little rabbit holes i do too yes and, and yeah fact, now we're gonna research i, I do go on <laughs> and i you know then but 10 15 years later i've I said, you know, all the stuff that yeah. I've learned 20, 30 years ago, is like, I spent so much time getting in there and just like book <laughs> yeah. after book. And then I, I try to recall it now. And it's like, forget about it. <laughs> I, like I'm past that. I don't need words. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, yeah. It's frustrating. You know, it's like yeah. all that work, all that work you do when, in your younger years and it just disappears. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like our our lives <laughs> right. yes anyways but i am curious though um like when did you encounter this on your path specifically like yeah Sibon. yeah well i i encountered it in the early 90s um i think i was roughly turning 30 years old and okay. i was going through a midlife crisis of you know like I worked in construction for years and, and was tearing down walls. And then I saw some documentary on uh, what's that fiber, fiber that you breathe in. Um, oh, fiberglass. No, but no. it's uh, asbestos. 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 Yes. And of course, all the buildings that we were tearing down and rebuilding were just asbestos filled. And I just started imagining my own lungs just, you know, sawing away at, at itself. And I had some, you know, just, um, just, weird reaction and just thought this is it i'm i got i don't have much time left uh, so i i just i was like seeking teachings from every direction and somehow i stumbled on Chen through reading some buddhist texts and um i could have been listening to the dalai lama who's a practitioner himself and mm. you know he, he only references he never really goes too deep into it and then just 
found mm. these teachings and recognized that these were the teachings. I mean, I couldn't believe that they were speaking to the very path that I was seeking. Yeah. And yet they were so unavailable. And um, like, what was, why, why were we deprived of these great teachings all those years? And so I just went deep and uh, recognize and, and, and now I'm realizing that they are pointing directly to the place all of us are seeking. Every yeah. one of us, when we're all traveling the world looking for an enlightened teacher and we're, we're sitting in meditation, we're all seeking the same thing and this is it. Yeah, beautiful. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. It makes me think, you know, uh, about my own journey and finding, um, you know, living again, living near Spirit Rock and going to Monday night teachings with Jack Hornfield and yeah. Um, and then, and just thinking like, how does one, how does one like intersect with the stuff, even though I was there, it was just like, how do you, you know, it's, it's such a blessing. It is such yeah. a yes to intersect with the teaching. And obviously yeah. it's a culmination that, you know, I always talk about past, I talk a lot about past lives. So yes. that's um, understood <laughs> Right. Yes. That, that's, uh, part, part of the journeys, yeah. right? That yeah. you know, many, many years of uh, searching or, you know, re getting reacquainted with having had these lifetimes with, you know, yes. teachings. And um, so it's so beautiful that, um, you know, it's such a blessing to find them. Um, yes. Yeah. So yes. I'm, I've, yeah. yeah, I mean, I've obviously been blessed with Chris coming into my life and introducing yeah. me to it. So, um, you know, when he handed me my first book to read, one of the great Tibetan masters, who's a master of Dzogchen, um, I began to read it. And with relation to what you just said, it just felt familiar to me and I mm. couldn't describe it. And that's not to say that um, I understood it immediately. I read sure. then book after book after book, but the, wow. the interest and the, and the, um, the attraction to it was mm -hmm. was strong and yeah. it felt so real and so right and it felt that I was somehow somehow coming home to mm -hmm. something that perhaps I had encountered in some form or manner in a previous life maybe I mean I didn't have any clear vision of that but but it sure. just felt very 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 familiar and yeah. of course I was Chris had like stacks and stacks of books so I'm just like okay give me another one give me another <laughs> one give me another one and and um so I've just been reading avidly ever since he he introduced me to it and and then of course with the daily practice as well which which of course is the the key you can read as many books as you want but of course mm -hmm. the key is to right. practice and, right. and integrate that into your daily routine but the books are great in yeah. the sense that when you are practicing you don't have to wait to go find it, you know, to meet up with your master six, six months from now or a year mm -hmm. from now. You could just like you're, you're struggling through a moment of meditation and you're trying to understand what are you looking at? And you can really just go back to that passage in the book that spoke directly to it yes. and, and kind of recalibrate through, through the book. So what I love about Dzogchen is it allows for the intellectual pursuit to happen simultaneously with the experiential pursuit. Mm -hmm. It really, they kind of move in tandem and these great masters speak to their decades of intellectual rigorous teachings you know this mm -hmm. academic structure that they moved up through to the point where a lot of them say you don't have, even have time to meditate because they're so rigorously schooled <laughs> but it is a tradition that allows for intellectual pursuit and inquiry 
as well as experiential. That's the second part is the must. You must get in there and practice. Yeah. But um, the intellect is is key because when you're in there, when you're in there meditating, you're observing and you're you're resting. The all of your intellectual knowledge is there in the background to kind of like kind of speak a little bit to you, whisper to you, and shed some more light on what what you're experiencing. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I like that's a, that's interesting. Because it reminds me again, um, as a yogic practitioner, you know, there's so many paths of yoga. So there's the jhana path, it's called jhana or J-N-A-N-A, which is, um, in you know, knowledge, yoga of wisdom, yes. right? right? So it's like merging the wisdom with the, um, the practice, because uh, yes. not everybody gets that, right? I mean, not ever, like you may encounter, um, you may meditate every day and have no idea what, that's it, you know, you just, yeah. right. Right. No connection. Yes, <clears throat> yes it's true. And and right. I think that's where, you know, we um, you know, there's many with modern terminology, a lot of people refer to the mind um yeah. in derogatory sense, you know, meaning, sure. oh, you know, the chatter mind, the monkey mind, or right. the, you know, this mind that just the habitual mind. But but what I like about Zo Chen is that it doesn't belittle that or or um speak to it in any derogatory terms. That mind is just as rich and powerful as the non-conceptual mind. So you've mm. got the conceptual mind and the non-conceptual mind working together and it's training the conceptual mind yeah. in a certain way so that you can reveal the non-conceptual mind, but they're, they're working hand in hand. The, the conceptual mind arises from the non-conceptual mind. So it is this one mind and that's also the individual mind with the universal mind. And so you know, this leads to the expansive spaciousness of consciousness. So sure. I, I do, I do love that about the Zogchen yeah. teachings that it really offers um, active intellect as part of your training, and it's the the knowing and the means, and um, the the actual, as Chris said, the experience of knowing will come through experience. Um, yet the um, the means to get there could be conceptual to get you there. Sure. Wow. Yeah. I just kind of want to um, piece that apart a little bit for, for people listening. Um, yeah. Yes. The idea, um, <clears throat> because I, I love what you say about not pathologizing the mind, you know, because I think that's one of the first steps of our practice is to become neutral, is to, you know, achieve like a neutral mind, yes. um, you know, because judgment is going to just annihilate anything that comes in its way and yes, that's true. that's the that's the dark energy that we're trying to not grow in our yes in our beingness yeah. right and so yes. if we if we don't um engage in that's something i think about if we don't engage in judgment yes then we have right we just we've have done, that's, we, that's a major movement for yes, us yes yeah i mean god i that's what i want there's one teaching i could give <laughs> to this world is like, just stop, stop yeah. the judgment. Stop now. judgment. You know, yes. it solves so many problems, you that's know, so I mean, true. just, uh, God, it's so true. And of course that's, and that's <laughs> universal judgment. It's, yes. it's, you know, stop judging yourself, yes. stop judging your thoughts, totally. stop judging other people's, stop yes. judging other people's reactions and, and, and meditation and many different forms of meditation um, help you do this. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's like anything we're, as as children in this three-dimensional realm 
we've been taught to judge. You judge what's good for you. You judge what's bad for you. You judge who you want to spend time with. You judge who you don't want to spend time with. And of course, that is the egoic state of consciousness, which in some cases could save your life. It, you know, it, it tells you it, yeah. you're taught to judge, don't cross the road when a car's yeah. coming, you know, so there's, it serves a purpose, but that, so that in itself needs to be put into a relative understanding. Yes, so yes, true. in that sense, There's don't no judge that judgment. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the listeners start their eyes rolling back. Sorry, listeners. Sorry. <laughs> I've just been a I've been a listener too many times. I <laughs> like sitting at the feet of like, okay, what are they like? Now they're talking in circles. Your, your, your <laughs> job is to, is to kick us up upright <laughs> yes. and set us straight. All right, stop. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> bring us back in line <laughs> I know, I love it. no I, I definitely don't get the feeling that you guys are talking in circles so I don't mean to imply that <clears throat> at all but I know that that's part for the you know that's one thing that keeps people away from spirituality is like oh my god you know the laboriousness of like yeah you know like kind of just having to yeah well I guess we just have to let the you know the chatter yeah. just run its course Yes. Well, that's it. There's too, much yes. there's too much language put to spirituality. And in fact, spirituality True. demands silence. It demands. Yes. And, it, exactly. and when you move yes. into the, when you move into the trains of, <laughs> of inner awareness, actually language means nothing. Yes. It points to nothing. Yeah. What works is metaphor. The yeah. only thing that really points you in the right direction ultimately is metaphor. And that's, of course, yeah. you need language for that. But if you can learn to develop beautiful metaphors, then you're really speaking those, the language of spirit. Yeah. I have teachers who say that, that they speak in parables or that, you know, Christ did that, you know, and yeah. yes. that, that's how the teachings are passed down. Cause then our minds are not chewing on like, you know, or you're just hearing a story and you get to, yeah. you get to let the teaching sink in or yes. the, the point, you know, the essence. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Which is just a lot more easy to uh, ingest. Yes. <laughs> and, and also it also, um, using mm. a metaphor or telling a story, it opens up for the listener to come to their own conclusions as well. Yeah. Yes, because ultimately, exactly. like you said, the, the spiritual path is, it is an individual pursuit as well as being within a community. But it's, you know, each person sh will find their own spiritual path. Mm. And so that's where a story or a metaphor or a, a um, parable will just really bring that to light in their own imagination and they right. can apply it to their own experience yes that's such a yes. such, yeah and it it doesn't assume anything or put anything on anyone or right or any mm. weird filter thing that can happen and yes yeah. and it's definitely not um lecturing somebody on how to live and so yeah. i think that's the beauty of of that way of teaching yeah yes yeah love it yeah yes Totally. Actually, I must say, um, Chris uses some um, really nice metaphors in, in the book yeah. um, that he's written. And, yeah. um, and that's really beautiful as well, because he's coming from a, a Western perspective and bringing modern Western metaphors to this Tibetan tradition. Yeah. And so it really um, he's really bridging the concepts with modern language that a wider audience, at least from the Western society, can can aspire to and be inspired by. So mm. I must say, yeah, Thank there you. are some mm. really beautiful metaphors in the Thank book. You. Nice, beautiful. I'm glad. Yeah, that's a, a wonderful way to 
impart the teachings. Yeah. 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 Nice. Um, you know, one thing I really wanted to talk about is just what, like, what does the practice look like? Like, you sit down, like, is that okay to walk us through? Yes. Like, yes. What it looks yeah. like? So basically, you're sitting down just as you would in any meditation. In fact, every meditation um, is a great place to start. Whatever you're meditating on right now is the perfect place to start in terms of getting yourself settled in, moving into your own mind space. You've probably already created the, the meditative space in your home or wherever you feel most comfortable. So that's the great beginning. You're kind of sitting upright in the seven point posture. So the channels are all straight and open and you're, you know, you're, you're, there's no blockages energetically. So you can really let the mind relax. Yeah. And what you're going in to look at, you're, look, you're going in to look at a mind that has no beginning, has no end. And when you go to get these, what they're called the pointing out instructions from a, a, a Tibetan master, usually mm -hmm. um, these pointing out instructions, the master is asking you questions like, when you're looking at this mind and you're sitting in meditation, your eyes are closed. And when you're looking at this mind, are you seeing a mind that has any beginning? No. Is, do you see it ending anywhere? No. Does it have any shape? Does it have a dimension? Is it near, near to you or is it far away from you? And most of these answers are going to be no. But so you're in the end, you're actually seeing none of it. You're seeing almost nothing. But what is, what is seeing this? Are, are you seeing, is there a knowing that it doesn't begin? Is there a knowing that it doesn't end? This is the recognition of your own stable awareness that doesn't begin, that doesn't end, which means we're never going to die from our awareness perspective. And so that's, that's where the teachers say, great, you're seeing it. Now I want you to just sit there and rest and observe mm. it. Mm. And that is the teachings. That's it. And so now you're, the rest of your practice is sitting there observing this amazing still mind space that is not some abstract unified field uh, or uh, an emptiness, which is a nothingness. Yeah. It is an emptiness, which is an awareness. And that awareness is your awareness. That's mm -hmm. always going to be awareness. So the awareness is one with all awareness. Nevertheless, there's a perspective on that total awareness, and that is your perspective. And this is the perspective that we're trying to stabilize in, in our meditation. So the key is to recognize and then relax, relax and just stabilize in it. And with that, all of the beauty and all the wisdom and all the love and compassion begins to rise because all the anxieties and all the fears and all the judgments and all the depressions are all leaving us. Mm into the space because it's like a vacuum you know the, uh, the vacuum that's being emptied has to be filled and it's going to be filled with the love and the joy and the the wise perspective and you become the wise individual in the world hmm. so is it is the is that process of inquiry that happens at the beginning is that like standard, like you sit down and you go through these inquiry to get to that space or? Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful back and forth between <clears throat> um, moments of inquiry, mm -hmm. which is born of perhaps reading all kinds of books on Dzogchen and learn, reading all the teachings, getting instruction from your master and then going in and resting and stabilizing and you're, you're not thinking, you're not doing anything, you're just observing. With that becomes a natural inquiry where you're where 
knowledge is coming up and you're aware of this knowledge and the knowledge is kind of becoming a part of your awareness. And then again, you move into the spaciousness where there is no inquiry, but you're, it's filled with knowing. So it's this, it's, it's just, you're, it's always a movement into inquiry, inquiry. At the same time, you're really not actively analyzing anything. Sure. I guess, you know, just, I'm just wondering, is that something when you sit down to practice, like say, how long do you, what is a, is this too much detail or do you mind? No, sharing? this, uh, this okay. is brilliant. Okay. I just, I just, I don't know if it's like secret. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, we're, no. we're sharing everything. Right all, all the answers. <laughs> right. um, it'll get me more, more likes, more uh, views, right? <laughs> the secrets of you know my thoughts are we we you should never really practice less than 20 minutes like 20 minutes is a good uh, start and that's that seems to be like almost the, a minimum a minimum and so you minimum, get in there yeah. and if, if you just do like 20 minutes twice a day you're off to a good start and then okay. Okay. um mm -hmm. that just kind of gets you into the training practices yeah. like but then after a while you begin to spend more time there because you're enjoying it Mm -hmm. and you're fascinated mm -hmm. and you're like yeah. drawn to it so okay. i often will you know we'll, we'll rachel and i would do our two 20 minute sessions a day but then i'm often waking up at one or two in the morning and sitting there for a couple hours just wow observing just what? sitting there right next to you know, rachel, <laughs> then next to me in bed you know like she'll she'll move around i'll put my hand on her head it's all it's all very normal and natural but yeah. you're you're practicing all the while and it's and yes. because yeah. the more you get a taste of it the more you want all of it yeah and yeah. now you know you're on the right path and so you don't want to waste any time either because really when we die you could be practicing all your life and and then some you know you may get killed like in the two weeks from now and if you haven't arrived at a, at a good place in your practice you know what what are the odds that you are going to return to this practice in your next life you know like you could end up in in a place that doesn't allow for it so like for me i'm <laughs> I'm eager. I'm eager. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think that's so great. Um, it just makes me think, you know, I have to say, I, um, you know, my background, I did grow up with spirituality. Um, I personally, um, I have had, I, I, I'm thinking about the, the average person who would want to practice this to get out of suffering, right? Which is why we mm -hmm. practice, yeah. right? Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. Right. So I'm thinking of like, you know, what someone, you know, you're getting up in the middle of the night and meditating. Some people get up in the middle of the night and go grab some food or grab some yeah. foods or whatever, just to, just to, you know, get out of that mental state. Right. Yes. Right. And, you know, so, um, yeah, I'm just, it's just such a, um, I'm, 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 I'm kind of, cause I, I think that's the biggest obstacle on our path is our, our addictions, right? Um, True. Continue those. We're, we're always further and further away from, like, we have to eradicate that before we can get, you know, to, um, to, to beginning right. <laughs> a practice, yes. right? Because otherwise we're feeding, you know, I don't know, the demon, you know? <laughs> yes. yeah. there, there's, a, there's a chapter in the book that I speak directly to addiction. Yeah. Uh, because again, in yes. Dzogchen, you can mm -hmm. really look addiction right in the face and yeah. see it for what it is. Right. And Zogchen is the perfect um, partner in addressing your addiction. Mm. It really does work. This is something I think about a lot because, you know, 
someone in the art world, obviously this is where we find so much addiction, right? Um, yes. Because we're we're yearning for ecstatic experiences, right? Yes. Yes. We, yes. we know we're so sensitive and we know, you know, yes. with that connection, it's like nothing will suffice. You know, this world is so mundane. It's like, we just want to feel amazing, you know? Yes. So, um, you know, what better, what easier way to do that, right? Yeah. And, you know, but then we have have all these creative, amazing people who are basically casualties, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we're losing, you know, because I mean, in a lot of my training, um, I trained a lot actually in the Kundalini system and, you mm-hmm. know, it just, it just becomes more and more apparent then that people who are drawn to these practices are so, they're so, um, you know, so sensitive, you know, yes. and we're, yes. there's, there's such a, it's, it's a difference than, then, you know, I think there's a lot of oops, types of people mm-hmm. on the planet, you know, yes, yes. and yeah. uh, that's so true you know, so I, I would, I would love to find a way to free, you know, this whole, sounds like a big statement, but the whole sector of, you know, the people who are, you know, artists is how can we bring them back from the grips of, um, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I, well, yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, um, I'm just a few years in mm-hmm. to, um, this practice and, um, it was interesting because um, I was at a, a very sort of um, unstable place in in my life, like mm-hmm. my my career with my creativity, my sort of identity, as it were, that was with my creative career, um, that was falling apart. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, um, I was feeling completely unstable by this. But I I together with Chris, I turned to meditation and I just started really, really simple, just really, really simple meditation techniques just to get myself into um, a daily routine. And then about um, six months, I think it was, into establishing daily yoga and daily Mm -hmm. meditation, Mm -hmm. I then found, um, I, I I realized that I needed to start dropping other things. And I used to drink every day, drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was always one of those, um, oh, I'm not an alcoholic. I just drink a lot, you know. <laughs> and um, but yeah. then what was happening, I was becoming so um, enthralled by how I felt after my morning meditation and my morning yoga workout. Yeah. That, um, I felt so good that I realized that this evening drinking was actually a hindrance and it was actually becoming um, a disturbance to my meditation. Mm -hmm. And so after about six months, I think it was, I stopped drinking. Mm -hmm. And this is somebody who had been drinking pretty much every day for her whole adult life. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'm going to try this and I'm going to give it a go. And I stopped. But again, as Chris says, when you give up an addiction, Mm -hmm. it creates a void and so fill it with yeah. something positive. Sure. And, and I had actually had just six months of filling my daily morning routine with something mm-hmm. that was very positive. It was a morning meditation and it was a morning yoga session. And then what happened is that I just wanted to expand on this and mm-hmm. make this a little bit longer, make it a little bit more, um, uh, more of a commitment as it were. And so um, I literally haven't had a drop of alcohol since. That's amazing. 
And mm. I didn't even think that was going to be possible. Nobody <laughs> did. <And> nobody <laughs> did. Nobody <laughs> did. No, but it's true. My family, my friends, um, you know, now they're nicknaming me the saint, which is, of course, ridiculous. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I I even shocked myself. And of course, what happens is, you know, your little, your little sort of um, devilish ego self jumps in and says, oh, well, now that you're sober, you're not going to be able to create anymore, are you? Because all of your creativity came from this place of obscurity and of addiction and of sort of under the influence of whatever your particular drug is. And, um, and actually, I realized that, um, okay, I now need to work through this and I now need to create a space where I can create from a place of heart, from a place of um, tranquility and from a place of non-addiction. Mm -hmm. And as I said um, earlier, you know, I worked with my music partner and we released an album. And this was a lifelong dream that I had had to put my poetry into a, a song. And, and so it really was possible. And, it, and, and even now my conviction not to drink is even stronger. So mm, um, I, I think that meditation really, really is um, an incredible tool that we all have access to and it can heal us on such a deep level that we no longer need to look to the addiction for our salvation but we actually begin to trust ourselves on the inside and then trust the universe around us on the outside and, and meditation I think is one of the few things that we've been gifted with that can do that for us. Well said yeah I totally yeah, it's something that I just think about so much. I think it's so, um, I mean, it's just look at our culture. I mean, just our culture and, you know, there's many cultures, but, you know, it's just, it's such a obstacle for mm -hmm. people's happiness, for their, you know, evolution, for everything, you know, it's just, yeah. and um, it's really sad to see. Um, and, and it's not, I don't find... You know, I, I follow people who are like, not to bring it into, I don't totally into this category, but people who um, talk about like sober curiosity and, you know, put on events that are like sober events and stuff. Like I follow people like that because, you know, pub, uh, people who have public, um, you know, I don't know if you've heard of like Ruby Warrington. Heard of her. No. Yeah, she has a whole movement um, of sober curiosity. Um, mm. She's like a, a older millennial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's got mm. the um which is so amazing to to bring you know because that's obviously you know there's a time in life where everybody's see seeking searching and you know yes. or, or being swept away and just into those distractions and then that could be yes. a lifelong journey to come out of that mm -hmm. and um yeah I mean as I get older myself you know and just see you know it's like it kind of it kind of like separates the men from the boys or like you know the you know the people who actually mature in life is like people who can get beyond um these um behaviors you know right. that are so yeah. um that are just mess up their lives and then you know in relationships you know trying to be involved with somebody who has addiction it's just like no you know, and then, yes. you know, I'm just thinking about like, you know, the, the available people on the planet who are not engaged in that is yes. very yes. small, you know? Yeah. That's right. So, well, I mean, if, 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 if your listeners, if, if, <clears throat> if part of your audiences are people who are, are also looking at addiction and trying to deal with yeah. addiction, the book, Entering the Mind, I think is a good 
mm-hmm. beginning point. Yeah, sure. And as, as an, it's an alternative perspective on addiction, for sure. It yeah. isn't the one that says, get, go to AAA and, and you know, find yourself a mentor and all that. It's yeah. very much handing you the power to look at your own addiction and yeah. work with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched my brother also. I mean, I, I, I definitely have addiction issues. Um, my brother was a heroin addict and he started, he went to AA and he went to NA and all that stuff. And he started practicing Dzogchen and that was it. He was done. Never did heroin again. So Dzogchen is amazing with addiction. Yeah. Wonderful. And, um, you know, yeah, just practical applications. Cause again, what else is going to inspire people to do these practices? Like if they have no concept of like yes. what enlightenment is or no concept of anything else, it's like, at least if it can help you kick the thing that's yes. self-sabotage in your life. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. And you know, the beautiful thing, and the beautiful thing there. about that is that um, with Chen is that um, you could have any form of addiction and you can mm-hmm. kick it with a daily practice of meditation. So, you know, of course, we're referencing substances, which of course is, is rife within our society but there's so many different forms of um addictions like you just mentioned self-sabotaging or um you know um creating this uh persona of lack of self-worth and um you know um handing over your power as opposed to you know distributing it within a correct set of boundaries and um you know so there's so many different ways that we can um um look at our addictive personalities because i think most of us will find that we have some sort of an addiction in some form or other and um and and you know an addiction is an addiction because it's causing either you harm or others harm um otherwise you could call it a habit you know so there's a there's a there's a very fine line between habit and addiction Mm. um but addiction means that you you've handed over your power to something or someone else and you're no longer in control. And, and I must say that entering the mind, it speaks yeah. to you regaining your own conscious mind. Yeah. And who wouldn't want to learn a skill set that can enable them to mm-hmm. know their own mind, recognize their own mind, and, and therefore be in control of their own mind. Mm-hmm. And, and with that strengthen their mind, and then with that, be able to actually let go and release certain addictions or habits that are bad for them. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've done, again, a lot of this, you know, I've studied a lot of different paths, um, you know, myself, I've just been drawn into very, like very diverse areas. Um, and uh yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like, again, anything that's having us look outside of ourselves, that, that then we become, that's where, what addic- like the um, definition of an, addic- an addiction is to think that that thing is going to make you happy. Yes. Right. To it, you know? Mm. Yes. And yes. when you can, you know, release, you know, that belief and become more self-focused, you know, mm-hmm. through just witnessing that mind that is, it, you know, it doesn't actually need anything to exist right yes and you know you think you need this thing you think you need this thing you keep going back to it or a person or all Mm -hmm. the addictions that people have you know not to say that word a million times but you know i think that's the basis of what that actually is right yes yes it's It's so true it's it's that famous word attachment 
you know, that we, yeah. we become attached to something and, um, yeah. or we come, we become attached to an idea or a behavior or a habit. Um, and because, because of course it feels familiar mm. and we're used to that. So, you know, when, if we, if we, if we feel that we want to let that go, we are stepping into an unknown, but that unknown territory or terrain is within us. So that can't be harmful to us. It's this beautiful terrain is our own terrain. It's, 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 it cannot harm us. And um, for sure that entering into your own state of consciousness, entering into your own mind, it, it won't harm you like anything that's actually here in the three dimensional realm. And that's, you know, because some, I, I do find that some people are a little bit scared, like, well, where am I going? What am I going to discover? Well, you're just going to discover this beautiful self that you are, mm-hmm. and you are that beautiful and you are that profound. And, and I think that's a message that sometimes um, gets missed and, and could help people who do have serious addiction problems, um, that they are so beautiful, um, but they, tr- they need to travel inwards to see that and experience that firsthand. Yeah, I totally, I even dropped the questions. I haven't been looking at them, but um, (laughs) they're down here. Um, But I, one thing I did want to ask you is if uh, you, if you teach this or if you plan to uh, outside of the book, if that's Well, actually, no, I kind of wanted the book to do all my teaching. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I really enjoy being a practitioner. Yes. And developing my practice. And, but the book is a serious teaching. Yeah, it is. It is me being fully committed to articulating Mm. not only the Dzogchen teachings, but the nuances of the practitioner's pursuit of understanding these teachings. And then, so, so they're, they're beautiful teachings for this moment in, in the universe and in the world. Um, but I do find that the more I'm out speaking about it, the more I'm developing a, my own language that could lead me at some point to, yeah. to, be, to, to be that role. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. it, would, it would involve uh, various sanctionings, I would imagine, of my own to sanction myself into that realm. But uh, I would probably want to go to one of my masters and say, is it, is it cool that I step into this terrain and, mm-hmm. and offer up? Uh, my perspective on things, which won't be a problem, but it's, it's always important to really, to get, to get sanctioned from the lineage. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. yeah. Sure, so sure. that, that's going to take, a, that's going to take a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, my humble opinion is, you know, like let the book teach for you. Why not? I, <laughs> I mean, I'd prefer yeah. that. <laughs> Start getting involved in teaching, and the horizontal starts to become very, very challenging. Really? I, I know That's that. So I know, true. which is why I want so to stay true. as far out of that realm as possible. Yeah. Um, but but um, I love talking about it. I love talking about it. It is my yeah. passion. Right. It's my heart. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love that. I've been thinking about this a lot myself. Um, you know, the role of being a teacher and how to not get in line of fire, you know, that a teacher inevitably will often get in. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of everybody else's projections and, you know, just, you know, when you get in the ring with somebody like a therapist, or if you're getting right in there with somebody, you know, you're gonna have to, you know, become a parent, right? I'm not a parent, but right. 
you're asking for it, right? You're going to get flown, flung at you. I mean, that's part of the, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but I guess what I'm saying is to, (laughs) if possible to reduce that. Well, I think think you're, you're making a great point because I think, I think, I think one is ready to become a teacher Mm. when the arrows no longer land. Right. If you are still vulnerable to the arrows, then I don't know if you're ready to be in the role of teacher because, um, because that means you're still practicing. You're still, you're still trying to figure out your own game when you're, when I I know I'll be ready to become a teacher when absolutely no arrow that's shot at me will land. It'll just pass right through me and I'll be able to handle whatever comes. I think I'm close to that, but I don't think uh, I'm ready to make that transition over because, you know, it takes little things, you know, my, my dog just looking at me and, and demanding <laughs> his breakfast and now take me for a walk. And now, uh, you know, now do this and now do this. And it's like, I find that there's the arrow and it's landed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and damn, it hurts. So, you know what I'm saying? I do. I fully know what you're saying yeah. <laughs> as someone who, you know, <laughs> naively became a yoga teacher and, you know, Luckily, we get to just be exercise teachers, uh, you know, and get away with that. But the real idea of a yoga teacher is exactly this is parallel to, you know, a spirit, any kind of spiritual teacher. I mean, yes. if you take it the long, you know, yes. um, path. And yes. I had a teacher um, who I, who had passed recently. And um, it was, I mean, again, in, in our day and age, right, or in any day and age, I think it's um, very... Um, I mean, of course we, we would, we would do best if we could be knighted, you know, or initiated by our teachers. Of course we live in the melting pot, right? Like nobody knows up from down around here. Like, you know, it's like, we don't have any idea of what that means. And so we're in a whole new terrain of uninitiated teachers, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is a mis, I mean, it's debatable. It's like, is that a mistake? Um, that, well, it can be a problem if if these teachers yeah. are leading students down the wrong path. If if well, their if their ego's yeah. front and center, then yeah. they're not the teacher, and True. they're going to lead people in the wrong direction. I mean, my my <laughs> respect for the teachings are so profound, yeah. and my respect for my own teachers are so profound mm-hmm. that um, I don't want to um, compromise yeah. my own journey by yeah. assuming the role mm-hmm. of a teacher. Yeah, I I think that's very admirable. Um, I don't think m- many people, cause a lot of people are in it for the, you know, the, the accolades and the mm. notoriety and the, you know, the, the ego is still hanging in there. Like it's, it's right. not about me and my image and that yeah. I'm this teacher. And that's, right. what is that the last thing to go? I don't know. Um, I mean, it just, yeah. It's yeah. Pretty till the end. Um, well, true, and, true. Right. And, and the ego can seep in as well. Cause I know that, you know, great intentions can begin an amazing project that's is genuinely heartfelt for the benefit of others. Yeah. And yet though, then the protagonist who's perhaps leading that project, you know, along that journey, their ego can become inflated and their ego can seep in. And so it's a continual lifelong work yeah. to yeah. work with your ego and just keep it in check. And, <laughs> and again, all the, all the daily practices that we can use to help keep that in check will, will um, just keep these projects and um, life missions sincere and honest yeah. and led from the heart. Um, so it's, it's something that we, we, we all battle with, even the great masters 
battle with it also yeah. they they're just they've just got real they've got their training skills right down so yeah. they catch it before it's even arisen yeah. but <laughs> you know but you know we're there and we have to, <laughs> yes right yeah it, i mean if they're really a master correct yes you, you just yes. know you, you know yes. when you meet a great master there's yeah. there's nothing there's nothing there but joy and beauty and love yeah. and there's the ego's gone and and yeah. when you're there you just you fall into that you yeah. just because it pulls you in now when a person when a teacher has a, a great ego you're sitting there in the background just observing and watching and trying to take notes and all that but you're not falling mm -hmm. into that amazing emptiness that is all beauty yes so you know you know you know the teacher when they arrive yeah 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 it's such an interesting exploration i think it is yes yeah. and how are you guys doing on time i just wanted to check in um we're good we're good yes yeah, yeah. okay um because i because it brought to mind that i was curious <laughs> oh um sorry hang that's on. the dog that's i was speaking about <laughs> right on cue <laughs> <laughs> exactly hang on a sec i think he's a Come on, um, boy. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> Let me just make sure he doesn't do that again. Come on, up here. Come on. Do you, um, do you know William Burroughs, the writer? I've, I know of William Burroughs. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we named our dog. He's called him. Burroughs. I know Burroughs. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. And then Beatrice, our cool. other dog, is off Dante's Beatrice. Oh, nice. Dante's Inferno. Okay. Literary yeah. companions. Literary <laughs> companions, exactly. Just like us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I was, I was kind of curious, um, you know, about you, any experiences you might want to share with, um, studying directly with some masters, um, any, any stories, anecdotal stories or interesting, you know? Well, it's, um, we're, we're, we're actually going to go see, um, one of my old masters this year, but mm -hmm. it's been, it's been, uh, 25 years since I've sat down with a master. Maybe 20 years. Uh, my la the last great master I sat down with, uh, but it, not not one to one. It was always in retreats, you know, with you know 20 or 30 people, and we'd spend a weekend or 10 days with with these guys. Um, was uh, Tenzin Wang and Rinpoche? He used to come to LA a lot, hmm. um, and so we'd from get Tibet. together. Or from well, he he is Tibetan. He's of the Bonpo tradition, the okay. Bon tradition. Sure. And um, he now has a retreat center in, I think, South Carolina, I believe. Um, oh. But uh, he's he's a beautiful man. And he's he's kind of he might be in his late 40s. Um, now, now, maybe 50. Wow. So no, he was probably he, he was probably in his 30s. then. so he's probably he's probably my age. I don't know. <laughs> um, but um, he he's great but they're all very you know it's, it's not like they there's any one moment that stands out in these teachings but first of all because when i was practicing back in the day i was very also very shy and 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 sat in the background and didn't really speak and i didn't really engage um so i mean i can't really say that there was these these magical moments that took place except for when you're getting these great teachings and mm then you're just filled with just you know, awe and amazement. And then when you get these uh, mind transmission teachings, which are the, the teachings that kind of bring you into the lineage mm -hmm. and allow you to practice um, from an official perspective, um, and you're getting the pointing out instructions, these are like amazing moments. But 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To, to speak to it here would be utterly boring, you know, like, uh, I, I, I couldn't really, you know, but, okay. you know, like, ane you anecdotes, I couldn't really, day. I couldn't really share, but <laughs> I, I, what I can say is, to spend time with a great teacher, and um, there's dozens of them out there in the world. Yeah. Right now, Did you travel? Is, is worth it. Yes, I would travel to Italy, I would travel to, okay. um, you know, all through the States into Canada into Mexico, wow. it, wherever the teachers were, because they never came to LA, only Wang and Rinpoche came to LA, he was the only one. They would go up to San Francisco, Sogya Rinpoche was up there at the time. Um, he had his little group in Northern California. So you almost have to travel. It's almost part of it. Yeah, but yeah. the good news is you don't have to do it often. You could do it once a year. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you really want, you could do it more often, obviously, but you could do it once a year and then take, take all your notes and get your impressions and then go home and practice. So that's, that's a great way to go. Interesting. Yeah. And, and you, it sounds like, I mean, you had many different teachers that... Well, I, I had four or five that I dependably would see. I, I did go to a few more, but um, I don't remember them being, you know, life-changing. Mm. But the ones that, you know, Norbu Rinpoche was incredible. Yeah. Um, and um, um, Thrangyu Rinpoche, who's still alive. He's very old now. He's probably in his late 80s. Um, I think he even taught, worked with the Dalai Lama as one of his teachers. Um, uh, he's he's great. Sonia Rinpoche is great. Mingya Rinpoche is great. You know, there's these great great teachers that are out there still. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And and were they like, I know how what is like a ten day retreat or I mean, no, that's a Vipassana thing. Yeah, you could be you could do a, a weekend retreat. We're going to do a two week retreat. Mm -hmm. uh, We're going to in, in September. Nice. Um, and yeah, they they vary. They vary. Yeah. Uh -huh. There's not a specific time. Length, no, not it like just depends on the teachings because yeah. they're usually working from old texts or texts that are being translated mm -hmm. and, or they're giving teachings on this level of mind or that level of mind or this perspective. So it depends on how long those texts are and how much commentary they want to bring to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. My only, I think my only experience with a Tibetan teacher <laughs> was um, in Colorado at the um you know um at Crestone maybe well no I was in Crestone uh once but I didn't get teachings there um mm. but uh Naropa um no that um uh uh you know the famous one that uh it's pretty wild pretty wild guy um <laughs> that found oh yeah the um, Shambhala the guy who died uh ch ch Trump Trump Trumpa Trumpa yeah yeah, Chungra. He, he was a heavy drinker. He died of liver failure, right? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Right. Kind of a right. lot of lot of sexual abuse going on in that that church. <laughs> yeah. He was he yeah. was actually incredible. I mean, I I did I've read him and my mom was interested in him back in the day. But I've heard stories that came out of that that moment that were just horrifying. Yeah, no, I mean he he's a legend for many reasons, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But unfortunately, um, but uh but yeah, I, I went to an empowerment uh, thing. Anyway, it was very interesting because I had actually seen this man in India and in, I think I was in Sarnath <laughs> anyway, walking and I see this man and then it was, it turned out to be a friend of mine's teacher 
and I ended up going to sit with him. I was like, I have absolutely no memory, like zero memory of this event. Well, no, me wow. too. I mean, I can't tell you how many, <laughs> how many, how many uh, times I sat down with these great masters in yeah. between, you know, for, for, for a good 15, 20 years that my memory of it is zero. Like I, I it's like, I remember vaguely being in their presence, or, you know, like, or I remember so, something to teach, but what is it about memory? It's crazy. It's just like, <laughs> but uh, certainly those teachings are in, they're there, they, yeah. they've landed, but the actual imagination of yes. visualizing it is it's just like it's gone that's great I, mean, it's I wonder you know because i mean if they are masters they're kind of bringing you outside of your mind and maybe you're not it's not a a, a thing could that you be can something more. right or just or there. just literally keeping you in that present moment and then right. when that present moment is gone it's that's that moment it's gone <laughs> yeah. i mean i only have it. some some of some yeah. of the people i sat with i only have recognition because i have notes and i i have this whole <laughs> like 50 pages of, of handwritten notes of and a, yeah. the teacher and the sp specifics and i was like i don't remember that weekend whatsoever <laughs> i know i was there i got yeah. <laughs> i mean it's crazy well this year we're going for two weeks so let's see what I happens think i want to remember this i'm, <laughs> older, I'm older now i'm not drinking anymore either so. <laughs> that's amazing gosh that's that's wonderful yeah yeah very cool um well, gosh, I, I'm, it's, it's so, it's so cool to meet you both. And, um, oh, Julia, yes, it's great. Likewise. It's such a pleasure to meet you as yeah. well. So and nice I look to forward talk. to, you know, years ahead, you know, we can all <laughs> share, share in our yes. practice and our development. That would be beautiful. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, let, let us know what you think about the book when you, when you get a chance to get through it, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. I have not, I don't have a copy. Um, oh, Felicia will be happy to send, Felicia to send you one. She, yeah. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out. Um, cause yeah, yes. I would, I would love to, I would love to. I think to you'll enjoy it. it. I think yeah. you'll enjoy it because I think again, like for anyone that's got, um, a practice of their own, this, this will speak to yeah full perspective. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah. it's a yeah. very interesting read. Yeah. Yes. And you could, you could get, uh, your listeners can get to entering the mind.com and it also takes them to the riot material magazine. So that right. it's a, it's just an art magazine. You can read about good art. You can hear some good music and see some film reviews. So, you know, it's a full spectrum package yeah. that we're, we're, we're giving out there just as a shared art experience of, <laughs> yes. of love of art and meditation. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I actually did want to ask you more about, um, you know, riot material and, um, you know, gosh, uh, but um, is there anything you wanted to say about about that at all? Um, because it's like an your um, other. Well, other it's um, I mean, it's it's really it's our expression of yeah. um, of art and culture. Um, but Chris really began um, the magazine with a view to create a platform that was also a writer's magazine because you know he's coming from a literary background and yeah. really wanted to offer not only the reviews on great art music film but also written with high integrity and with an elevated level of speech and mm. so um the the articles are extremely well written we've got so many amazing writers that work for us and okay. um it's like a and, um collab a, a collaboration i didn't it's yeah. a collaboration of sorts yeah. exactly okay. yeah with with the artists and the writers and um you know chris we don't make any money on the magazine there's no advertising there's no it's just simply mm. 
just mm-hmm. the, the we off- pay the writers to write about like i'll select reviews like there's a good art show happening over here or sometimes i'll get pitched a a, a review that i'll say yes to mm-hmm. and then but it's finding the right writer for the right artist and then you know publishing it because mm-hmm. we love art we love good literature we love good writing and you know it's just about sharing it with the world and, and creating oh, yeah. a perspective on it that is kind of curated by us love it that's so yeah. wonderful how often does that happen yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a dream you'll enjoy the magazine because there's nothing you. to pop up in your face and continually you know get out of here i, mean, I want to <laughs> yeah, this see this art and this fucking advertising <laughs> yes <laughs> so there's none of it's that it's clean okay clean energy yeah yes. yeah mm-hmm. and um and i know rachel you have your spoken word and and yes an interesting in fashion and such that i I'm sure that was such an interesting experience. Um, yes, so. that's that's probably a whole nother conversation. I know, <laughs> I would imagine. Nine, you know, that was, and it feels like another life again. I mean, you yeah. say that you have memory problems with your retreats, but um, now mm. my whole fashion career is a little bit of a blur to me. But, sure. Um, yes, it was fun and it was ex- It was brilliant. I mean, I met so many amazing people. Um, Great. But nice. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this new journey that I'm yeah. on now. And um, I really feel this journey that we're able to share together as mm. well is just, um, it's just so fulfilling and, yeah. and so heart opening. So yeah. I'm, I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah. And one, one thing I just think is beautiful about um, you know, your, your offering is that you are in this together, which is so important role model yes. for people to see that that's possible. Well, that and, we, we yes, really wanted to show yeah. that, like, you know, I wrote the book, obviously. So that's, that could have been, I could have said, I want to sell this book on my own, yeah. but that wasn't really at all. My, my intention, my intention was Rachel and I to go out there together because I think it's important that people see yeah. that here's a couple that's madly in love that shares everything together. And they're also meditating together and, and moving along spiritually, mm-hmm. because if one person is moving along a spiritual path and the other is kind of moving down a business path and they're never kind of like checking in with each other, that could be a, that could be a problem for yeah. a relationship. And it's really yeah. important that, we find the people that we love and also share our love with them so that we can stay with them, you know, as long yeah. as possible, you know, like, let's make it a lifelong journey. Yes. Yes. And you could have a couple that has, um, you know, they have different spiritual practices. That's okay too. But, yeah. you know, you can still support each other in that spiritual progress. Mm-hmm. And I think that keeping that open dialogue and conversation between and within the relationship and, and just support somebody's, spiritual journey and they support yours and and i think that uplifting energy is is something that um that we you know we benefit from Mm. every single day and um you know we wish that many couples can share that too Mm. beautiful yeah i think it's part of what you're what you're bringing you know the the whole package Mm, you know the idea union that's possible when you get out of your own way yes yeah. right? exactly that's so true yeah. <laughs> sort of like that well yes. yeah so so people can find you at entering the mind and um is it entering the mind.com entertainmind.com yes. yeah and that will take you right okay. to the page to, yes to write yeah. material the it's it's kind yeah. of embedded it's like in the an embedded site. in riot material yeah. so okay um, okay. So there, okay. so it, that enteringthemind.com will take you there. And then you've got the, um, you've got everything that you need to find out about the book. Mm-hmm. You've got everything that yeah. you need to um, access the three-part podcast that yeah. we 
recorded and then we've nicknamed it the tour so that's where you'll have access to all of these amazing conversations that we're having including yours oh cool cool <laughs> yeah you have to let us know when you go live so we, so we, we can, can post uh, it there post yeah, it yeah. so right materials connected with you lovely yes. that will be next wednesday great so, brilliant I'll, I'll, looking forward to it i'll send that out to you so very yeah. exciting thank you yeah thank, thank you. you thank you and thank you i'm so i'm so touched that that this was a you know, wasn't a random sort of pairing, but thank you for uh, reaching out, you know, specifically. Um, yes. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And, and, and it yeah. was, it was just a feeling I had. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little bit better at following my intuition. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. I, so, so yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, and thank you. Totally. Thank you for all the work that you're doing and, you know, supporting people and creating community. And we really appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Okay, take care, you two. Ciao. Yes, ciao. Take care. <laughs> and the whole thing. Let's stay in touch. Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. Okay. Wonderful. Bye. Bye. Have a beautiful day. Thank Bye. you. Again, I truly hope that you enjoyed this interview and you can find the book, Entering the Mind, at Amazon, as well as enteringthemind.com. So go ahead and check it out. And, um, I'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.